Welcome to The Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast, helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day, despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut-up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. I am your host and chief shut-upper of Making Shit Happen, Bernie Shun. Now, on to today's episode. Oh, and I forget, we always do a robot dance. What? Like, like... One of these? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Watch out. Watch out. <laughs> Is that a robot? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dudes, the Shut Up Show community, we are live. <laughs> what a way to start. <laughs> we are. It's so funny. We've got two things going on. We are live for another episode of the Shut Up Show. Bernie has no voice. <laughs> And Liz was robot dancing. She was in the middle of doing the whole elbow thing when y'all showed up. So, uh, yeah, uh, welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you. <laughs> All right, that wasn't the real introduction. The real introduction is I usually bring on people who I absolutely love and adore. Whether I know you personally or not, I've been you know, watching your work or if somebody has told me about you or I do personally know you and you've been doing some amazing things in the world. And for you, it's a little bit of all three actually. I don't know if you knew this, but I stumbled upon your work. I don't even remember where, but somebody in my network. And I, you know, I'm totally straight, but I like had a huge girl crush on you. I just want to say that right now for the record. Girl crush on Liz Dialto, seriously. But I was like, she doesn't know me. She's going to think I'm crazy. So I just kind of watched from afar, followed along. A couple of years later, here we are. And I'm like, boom, <laughs> like somebody knows her. Let's be friends now. And actually, I think, it, I think it's John Wilkening. Thank you, John, for the suggestion. Yeah on the show. So with that, that's kind of you know what I already knew about you, but we're having you on the show to talk about building a community, building you know a fanatic, I don't even want to call it fan base because I know you and I can relate, it's, we're friends, right? We're family, we're not fans, yeah. but you do have a fanatic following. So I'm going to want you to touch on that a little bit more, but anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on to the Shut Up Show to help us talk about how we brave through fear to get to the other side of that bullshit and out to something more fabulous. What do you have to say for yourself, my dear? Well, first of all, I'm so glad you said bullshit because I did forget to ask if I'm allowed to curse. And Fuck at, yeah. At some point in all interviews, there ends up being this moment where I'm like, oh man, can I say that here? Uh, <laughs> even though that's how I talk, I never want to like show up and not respect somebody else's space. So glad that's out of the way. Also, you know what's so funny? So I launched a brand new website last week and I have had so many people say, what you just said, which is, oh, I've been following you for years. I never really spoke up and introduced myself. And I'm like, what the hell? That will never, ever not feel like bizarre to me. I just forget that I've been on the Internet for a while, just talking, putting stuff out in the world, and people other than my mom read my blog. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And isn't that funny, though, Liz? You're right. I mean, oh, for, for, real quick, how many years do you go back from when you started an online business, or at I, least an online presence? Online presence, I put up my very first super cheesy, ugly blog called fithealthyandbeautiful.com in 2009. Okay. 
but but online business for real, I would say 2011. Okay, sweet. And that sounds pretty typical. Most people I've talked to or, you know, have rubbed elbows with have said the same thing. Though they've been here quite a while, they didn't really know what they were doing. They didn't really take their uh, profession very seriously until, yeah. you know, within recent, like, what, three to four years. So it's absolutely amazing. And I agree with you. You know, you get people coming down and, and, and you know, going like, oh, but you're Liz Yalto, like, you know, you know, what are you going to What does that even mean? Right, right. <laughs> and you're sitting here on the other end going, um, I'm, I breathe the same air you do. You know, I'm just as scared <laughs> as you are. So I'm so glad you brought that up. It's a perfect segue to set up our conversation because that's exactly what we're talking about here. No matter where you are on the spectrum of being an entrepreneur or even being an online content whatever. creator or yeah. whatever you want to call it, right? We are still scared shitless no matter how used to the shit that, you know, we, we get, no matter how close we've been to it, no matter how many times we've gone through it. That being said, can you, can you pinpoint a time in your life, Liz, where you felt like that was that pivotal moment where you're like, oh my God, enough's enough, enough of this bullshit, enough of this fear. I'm going to break out and I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah, the the first I want to give you the most pivotal one, the one that started all the rest of them, which was uh, in 2010. I was at Marie Forleo's RHH Live, and I I couldn't afford the event. I'm so jealous, by the way. Oh, girl, <laughs> I, I, this is really big for me because up until that moment, uh, I had done a lot of a lot of background, a lot of different things. I was actually in grad school for exercise science, and I was hating it so left-brained, I'm such a right-brained, like, big heart, wants to hug and heal the world person, and here I was sitting in classes at GW learning about orthostatic intolerance, wanting to kill myself. So I put RHH Live on a credit card. I didn't have money for that shit. Um, and while I was there, this man, Todd Herman, who's a friend of mine now, was speaking about, um, he has this great, amazing coaching business. He works with, like, athletes and super high-level executives and coaches, but also young athletes and Olympians and professional athletes, um, and he's a coach. He doesn't have a PhD or anything like that, and he was saying how he's met people who are, like, professional therapists, psychologists, whatever, who have said to him, God, I wish I would have known that your path was even an option instead of spending seven years in academia or whatever it is. In that very moment, I decided, um, holy shit, I, can, I, don't, I don't have to be in school right now. And then, like, after that, I was talking to my friends, Nisha Muli and Sarah Jenks, and I started crying, and I'm like, I don't want to go back to grad school. And they're just hugging me. My eyes are closed. I still don't remember which one of them said, so don't go. But that was it. I stopped crying, and I was like, oh. And I didn't. I never went back. Instead, I applied for Marie's Mastermind. I got in, and I was like, cool. I was going to spend that money on grad school anyway. Let me spend it on this. And that was really that big pivotal moment, the first of many to come over the following three years. Um, that I was like, cool, um, this is what I'm going to do. I love it. I, I seriously do. I, I hear these stories all the time, and I know it's hard to pinpoint one moment because I know we have a lot of moments, but there's usually like one that really sticks out as that, 
you know, if we want to overuse the term aha, because it's kind of yeah. like maybe I've heard this advice somewhere before, whether it was internal or external to mm -hmm. me, but maybe it took me the 20th time, right, yeah. to finally understand that that is the advice that I finally need to take. So the question I have for you is what was going wrong or what was the problem? Why, why did it finally get to that point where you had that moment of reckoning? Was there something bad happening? Um, can you take us through that a little bit? Yeah, well, I was super broke. That never feels good. But also, I couldn't have articulated it at the time, but now I can. I just wasn't even close to being able to express myself um, creatively, like from my heart, and really serve in the capacity that I have a desire to, and I am built to serve women. It was still like the beginning of my journey. I'd been a personal trainer for just over two years. I knew I was into like the body and fitness and helping women love themselves, but I didn't particularly love myself yet to the depth and the understanding and the level that I do now. So I honestly was kind of in this murk of not even knowing what I didn't know. Right, and I love that because it, I know it's an ambiguous answer, and I know you're like, does that make sense? But you know, I I I, I think other people can relate um, who are listening. It's sometimes we don't need to necessarily have a problem to know that there's a problem. Yeah. I think sometimes just a sheer feeling of knowing that we're not completely fulfilled, we're not completely satisfied, or that there's like something really disjointed, that sometimes is good enough for us to go, okay, enough's enough. I'm going to go make a difference. So can you walk us through what are some of the first things that you did, um, Liz? Like, what were some of the first pieces of advice maybe somebody gave you, or maybe one of the first steps that you took to go, okay, I want to get from A to Z, but I can't get there right away. Maybe I'll just go to B. What would you say B was? B was um, at that event, Danielle Laporte spoke, and this was when Firestarter Sessions was still just a digital download. There were no books, there was no desire map or anything yet, but she did talk about core desired feelings. And I went home, I downloaded the PDF, and I started kind of focusing on how I wanted to feel versus all the things I wanted to do and get. And that was still like a fluctuation for me, uh, but it took me all the way until January of 2013 to start really, really letting my core desired feelings guide me. But that was an important first step for me because it was partially permission. Like I am, I don't know if you're familiar with Myers-Briggs at all, but I'm an ENFJ which is the same as Oprah, the same as Marie, right. like I, I do, the same as like Gary Vaynerchuk, like I do, I just, I want to be out there, like, helping, healing, and hugging the world. And <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up, actually, because I did see that you were an ENFJ, and I'm an ENFP, yes, so we're almost identical. You're super <laughs> creative, and, like, you guys just don't finish as much as we do. That's pretty much the main <laughs> difference. And you hold your feelings in a little bit more until you're ready to get them out there. But, um, <laughs> We are. We're so connected and we're so like intuitively able to like connect with people and know what they need and make them feel amazing and really help. So um, it took me quite a while, but that's that that was the biggest thing. Uh, kind of connected with my core desired feelings and decided that I wanted to learn from Marie Forleo because I was like, cool, this woman talks like me, she behaves like me, she's fully turned up. And it's acceptable and it's awesome. So like if she could do it, I can do this. 
Right. I love it. You know, it's so funny you brought that up. Um, I, I haven't been to uh, B school. I haven't had a chance to work with Marie Forleo, Forleo but I've, I've really uh, respected her and, and admired her from afar for quite some time. There's another person who, in, in both of our lives who um, she's kind of been like a mentor to me. Uh, I call her sister now because I actually did get to meet her in person. But Amy Clover, I learned about her on a podcast about maybe a year and a half ago. And uh, I got to work with her when she was on the 30 by 30 tour and she came to Milwaukee when I uh, used to live near there at the time last year but anyway um, she said something in an interview that really struck a chord with me and I think that was one of my pivotal moments too in 2013 when I was still scared shitless about like what the hell am I gonna do like who's gonna care that Bernie has like this vision and she wants to do yeah. something like who's gonna who's gonna get behind that right but I heard Amy Clover answer a question and I think the question was something along the lines of like like what possess you to you know start 30 by 30 and um, you know how hard was it for you to start that and I remember her saying that she'd been looking at you know people like Steve Cam of Nerd Fitness and Chris Gillibo World Domination and she was like they're so amazing um, how can anybody like me ever think I could do anything like that? Like, why, why, you know, why me? Why, why would anybody want to follow me? And as she was kind of talking out loud some of those fears and thoughts on this podcast, I was like, holy crap, I was doing the exact same thing right there as I was listening to Amy being interviewed. And I'm going, you know, why can't I do something like Amy? And so when I saw Amy in person, I told her that story. And I said, it was because you shared that story that made me go, why not me? Because that's yeah. exactly what Amy said too, and Amy chose herself, and you've seen her success. Uh, yeah, um, I love Amy. Yeah, so, I mean, so that being said, um, this goes back to kind of we were talking leadership before we hit record. Do you feel that a lot of the success that you've seen to this day, Liz, can be attributed to the leadership that you've modeled after and the people that you've positioned yourself with? Yes, and the reason why is because those people are themselves and, and we all have influences right we all have these people who've contributed and given us permission at various steps along the way when we needed it to step into who we are and be ourselves but those are always the kind of leaders that I really resonate with there's a lot of people floating around the internet trying to be somebody else we won't say who they are and the thing <laughs> is it's not with a bad intention right Right. For a lot of people, it comes from a place of not believing that what they have is good enough, but this person's super successful, so let me try and be like them. So it's not from like a fake, um, a bad place. Sometimes it's just like a lack of belief in one's own power, capabilities, influence, or whatever. So those types of people, though, people just fucking being themselves and putting it out there, even when they're scared to do it, are really the people who influenced me. How hard was it for you to break out of the modeling after somebody else and finally becoming yourself, Liz? That's a really interesting question. Hard is such a relative kind of subjective term. It, it's, it's more... Part of me wants to say it wasn't hard, it was perfect. But it was, like, definitely painful, definitely, because you, here's, here's what made it hard. You shed layers, and some of those layers are people, and relationships, and places, um, and you, and there's a lot of death involved, right? That, that cycle of, like, creation and destruction and death and rebirth. 
and that is hard. Even right now, as Wild Soul Movement has gone live and LizDialto.com has gone away, and I'm ushering in this new wave of business and how I'm going to work and how I'm going to lead, create, and serve, part of me is. It's almost like a breakup. It's like, oh, there goes old me. I love her. She got me to where I am, and now it's time to go. It is literally like breaking up with a lover. Like, oh, I loved you so much. We're just not a good fit anymore. Right. You know, it's so funny because so many times um, that, that's happened to me it, personally and in the coaching that I do with other people. One of the biggest questions that tend to come out, which I'm surprised about, is, you know, what do I do when I reach success and people leave me? You know, yeah. people abandon me or they don't like the new me or I don't have friends anymore. Or I don't have family anymore. And mm. it's, it's, it's a very valid question, right? Um, and I'm sure you've experienced that yourself personally and with your clients. How do you help people work through something like that, Liz? Because I think that's kind of what we're saying in shedding the layers and finding yeah. who you are. It literally comes down to self-trust, just trusting that no matter what, like, you're going to be fine. Like, you are enough. If you were the only person left at the end of it, you would be fine. And honestly, that's not even possible, that you would be abandoned, that you would be totally alone. And the, really, the answer is that a lot of people don't want to hear um, to detach from any of those outcomes. And like the people who love you for real, that are going to lift you up and support you on your path, they're going to stick around. And the people who don't, you just don't need those people. And it sucks when it's someone super close to you, but that just happens sometimes. Right. I want to talk about something I read in Shape Magazine. Um, you were featured in there. <laughs> and maybe I don't know if, if that was where it was featured, but you said something about, I love pizza. <laughs> right? Yeah, I do. Right? And can you take me through that? Because here's a real quick reason why. I mean, a couple of years ago, I was like working out like five days a week with my trainer, who I love him to death. He's my buddy. He and I were actually helping Amy Clover get back to Milwaukee again for her project. But um, I, I told him, I said, there are just two things I need from you okay number one don't let me stop eating the things I want to eat I love pizza and number wow. two I hate working out so can you let me pretend I'm like maybe doing like something athletic or something fun and so you know he, he let me uh, he kept the promise and he let me do both so kind of what's your whole take on the whole I love pizza thing I mean I, I love pizza like I don't believe in you know unless someone has some serious food allergies which I don't I really believe intensely in like an 80-20 or like a 90-10 rule where the majority of the time like do the good stuff, right? Eat clean and for me more than anything that's for like access to my intuition, having a clear mind, like food really, crappy food blocks up all those things but then the rest of the time just friggin enjoy yourself. There's, there's no point, right? There's just no point to living in deprivation that doesn't and especially if you're a leader people want to be led by someone who's the real deal in terms of they they walk their talk they live their message but they have a life that other people would want it's another reason why I love Marie she has she literally has it all she's a great relationship she looks fantastic she's super fun successful business lives where she wanna wants to live does what she wants to do I saw a quote a really long time ago that I love and it's Never take advice from people who don't already have what you want. Hell yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I want freedom. Sometimes that involves eating pizza. <laughs> I love it. Well, and uh, extra stops to the bathroom if you're like me and you have IBS. 
I like totally, I always tell people, I'm like, I have IBS, I can't eat anything. And they're like, oh my God, what can you eat? I go, you know what? It doesn't stop me. I eat it anyway. I just suffer the consequences later. Listen, <laughs> so. you probably read more books than the average person, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Okay. So um, let's let's kind of get to the beef of, of our yeah. conversation. I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm so absolutely impressed with who you are and how you show up in the world, Liz. It's a scary world out there, a world where it's easy to be judged and criticized, but I love how you fly your I'm a fucking awesome woman flag, um, and I can't imagine that it's easy for many people who haven't quite experienced the shifts that they need to make to get to a place where they can feel that free and that liberated as well. Um, can you take us through that, that, you know, what happened in your life that you were able to get through to the other side of that? Can you walk us through that fearful moment? And uh, maybe if there was somebody that helped you or something that helped you, because I think sometimes it's hard for people to wrap their head around, well, what do I do next? How do I work through that? And I think hearing a story from you might really help them to solidify a solution for them. This is a good question, uh, and, and I, I come from a place that a lot of people don't, which is like, my parents are fucking awesome. They were literally like whispering into my crib, you can do anything you want to do. Like, actually when my mom was pregnant with me, this is hilarious, my dad would make her open her mouth and he would yell down, we love you baby! Like, <laughs> That's so, so cute. It's so cute. So part of part of that like inner inner strength has always come from a place of just knowing that no matter what there are three people in the world my mom my dad and my brother who love me no matter what and I could always go home <laughs> if I needed to uh, but what's interesting is at a certain point me expressing myself actually meant doing exactly what they would not want me to do so again I mentioned this earlier there's just there's just a level of trust and connection to myself and my own like intuition and my spiritual energetic practices where I, I don't I just believe that there's like a guiding force it's bigger than me and I, I really feel like I'm divinely guided actually like I I read a lot I'm a huge nerd I'm into energy healing I do Reiki I meditate I pray um, and I'm super open to all those things and therefore I do I see signs I see guidance all the time and and I'm just constantly looking for proof to just keep going. And what's interesting is whatever you go looking for, you're going to find. So I, don't, I always see proof to keep on going. Um, and, and that's my choice. So I don't know that that's a very actionable answer because trusting is hard. A lot of us are programmed not to trust, which I certainly was. My parents, grandparents, everyone, every time you leave the house going, be careful, know your surroundings, don't trust anyone. And you're like, damn, all right. And then you don't even trust yourself. But at a certain point, it's kind of like, I have gifts to share. So right. I actually wrote a blog post a couple weeks ago about uh, called uh, "Feelings, Fears, and First World Problems" because I have felt like my fears are like first world fears. Like, oh, I'm 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 scared. I'm never going to fully express myself, or I'm never going to live up to my potential, or I'm afraid of my own power. Uh, but there's no hierarchy of pain or fear. It's all real and it's all valid. But um, a big, big thing that helped me was reading Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly. Because you know she, that you are the second, not to, sorry to cut you off, yeah. you're the second person who just said that to me today within like the last two hours. Have you read it? I have not. I definitely have to pick it up. She's amazing uh, because, first of all, it's not just like woo-woo, new age baloney, right? Like some people feel. But 
she's a researcher. So there's research to back up the facts that when you express shame, when you bring these things into the light, they dissolve. It's much easier to heal when you talk about these things. And she gives the language. She gives the language to do it. So uh, I think a lot of it comes back to permission. I love it. A lot it. of us don't give ourselves permission, and we need to find it somewhere else. And when I read that, and the thing about it that does stink is because she, her work has gone so viral, I feel like the word vulnerability has gotten extremely played out right. and overused. However, it's still super friggin' important. Right. Absolutely. And I think to kind of go back to what you were saying before about not knowing if there's something tangible people can take away from what you said. But I think I think there is, you know, and you, and you said it in there. You said if if we get what we go out looking for, then why aren't I going to go out there and look for something positive or something that I want, right? Um, I was recently reading the book E Squared by Pam yeah. Grout, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And and it's the same thing. And so I tried one of her experiments, which to some might feel a little weird, you know, woo-woo. But I did it anyway. And within 48 hours, um, which was what the experiment time was, I found the yellow butterfly that she tells yeah. you to find. And, yeah. it, and it wasn't magical. It wasn't miraculous. It was... The butterfly was freaking there the whole time. I just didn't open my eyes. I was sleepwalking past it prior to reading the book. So I really do believe that I think what it sounds like the solution is, is you already have everything you need to go yeah. and get what you want. So open yeah. yourself up, right? And look that for is. it. So what's funny is I, it says this on the homepage of my freaking website. Everything <laughs> you've ever needed has always been inside of you. There we go. Oh, my God. How more perfect was that? No, it was great. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I'm so sad because we're about to close up, and I feel like we've just scratched the surface. So I know. I'll, I'll have to make sure we get you back on again. Hell, yeah. I'll do it. Uh, yeah, for real. I like how we talk, too. Hell, yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> I get teased all the time for talking like that, but you know what? I don't give a shit. <laughs> Okay, so uh, this is the big question. This is the big question. This is the question that I do ask everybody who comes on the show. And Liz, that is, what are you afraid of right now? This is a good one. Hmm. What am I afraid of right now? You know, it's tough. This is a really magical week. Um, I have three days left in my launch. Things are kind of going amazing. I, don't, I got nothing right now. I'm searching. I'm doing the full body scan. <laughs> I see it. It's kind of cool. Do it again. I'm, I'm just going to watch you scan. That's yeah, awesome. I just... Take your time. Take your time. Hmm. That doesn't mean 25 minutes from now something won't pop up, but right now in this moment, I don't have anything. That's awesome. No, seriously, that's awesome. And that's just it. I mean, we don't necessarily have to have fear every moment, though fear can exist, right? Um, I don't know how you feel about this word, but sometimes, like you were talking about vulnerability, sometimes I, I feel the same way about the word fearless, right? Oh, I hate it. I don't believe I in it. Right, I don't believe right. in it. Because I, I, re, I replaced the word fearless with maybe like being fierce, right? Or maybe being brave. But to hear the word fearless, I think people are overusing it. I, I really want your take on, on that word. 
itself. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't believe in the absence of fear. Like, even though right in this moment there's nothing major striking me, like that's just like right now. It's just not in my awareness. But um, no, I believe in. Of course, we're always going to be scared of stuff. It's just a matter of your ability to act anyway, to lean into it, or even use it as an invitation. That's how I. I'm usually if I'm really scared of something, I'm like, all right, damn it, I should probably go do that thing. So. Um, yeah, I don't really believe in fearless. Right. That's awesome. All right. Well, I guess the most important question now to round out our conversation today, which, by the way, thank you so much, Liz, for thank taking you. the time. And the beautiful birds chirping in the background. I mean, how more beautiful. I love that you can hear that. Oh, do you want it? Can I show this to you all for a minute? Please. Look how Please. great it is back here. I love it. That's awesome. And where's is this California? Yeah, I'm in Sherman Oaks right now in L.A. Okay. When did you move to California? I thought you were a New Yorker, right? I am. I am a New Yorker by birth, but um, I moved out to Orange County September 2013, and then LA December of 2013. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. East Coast to West Coast. So yeah. cool. Well, you did mention a few of the things that you're working on, um, but I really want you to be able to pimp out your stuff. And uh, if it makes sense too, I can even bump up this conversation and publish it so that it goes out um, it coincides with your stuff. So feel free to use the next couple of minutes to talk about what you're working on and how people can get a hold of you in the work that you're doing, Liz. Oh, my work, my baby, is called Wild Soul Movement, and it's a 12-week experience for women of self-discovery. I take women in. Instead of working out, we work in, and I combine movement, mantra, and meditation, um, and it's literally all about releasing the things that don't serve you and reprogramming all of our culture that we're not good enough, changing those voices so that you can deeply, deeply, deeply love and trust your body and feel connected to yourself. Uh, because I'm a firm believer that, you know, experts, gurus, no one is a better authority than you are on how to treat your body or live your life. But a lot of people just don't know how to get up in there and actually listen. So that's, I give you, I give you the guide to that. So it's, today actually is June 3rd, June 2nd or 3rd, and summer session enrollment closes on June 6th. It starts on June 9th. And then uh, I run it every season, though, because, you know, Things change. People always need support, and it's just really, really, really freaking fun. But there's a blog over there on wildsoulmovement.com. I have some other fun stuff coming this summer. But uh, this has been, I, I worked, ironically, nine months to put this together. I yeah. tested it out for six with a group of 60 women, and it's, it's the thing I am most proud of uh, that I've ever, ever done. That actually feels like me. It literally feels like the full expression. Everything I got is in Wild Soul Movement. I am so excited, which, by the way, I did see that Facebook update where you did the before and after snapshot of your website. Yes. Girl, not that the first one already wasn't beautiful and lovely, but, I mean, the second one, like, <laughs> you could totally feel your radiance jumping out of the screen, and I'm just like, I want to go and, like, have what she's having. Yeah. So, <laughs> congratulations. That's so Thank beautiful. You. So I, I, I see that it's wildsoulmovement.com yeah. is that website that I was talking about. I also see a hashtag that's very active, I shine, you shine. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, I started this really fun campaign uh, based on that Marion Williamson quote. You said something earlier, like, who am I not to? Part of that big quote also says, as we allow our own light to shine, unconsciously we give other people permission to do the same. So I did this for the first time in January. I just did it again in May, where I put together seven days of prompts 
literally just to get women to shine. Give that permission and kind of create this almost viral global experiment of people posting pictures and doing all my, my little things yeah. and it's really beautiful. My goal really is to make that huge. I even I even bought the URL ishineyoushine.org. I kind of have That's some sweet. kind of dream to have this trickle down into little girls. So we're getting that programming in there. It's safe for you to shine at a much younger age than, you know, me being 30 and finally figuring that out. So <laughs> I love it. I knew you weren't going to pimp yourself out completely. That's why I made sure I stalked your website you. for all Thank of that you. before. I appreciate okay, so that. everybody check out Liz Dialto. She is absolutely amazing. Wildsoulmovement.com. Hashtag I shine, you shine. You're all over Twitter. You're on Facebook, Instagram. Um, my God, I love you, girl. Thank, Thank you, you so much Thank for you. shining your beauty on everybody, and not just women, but just people in general. We we need more people like you, and I'm so honored and deeply humbled that you would join the Shut Up Show today, Liz. Thank you so much. You're so fantastic. This was fun. I do a lot of interviews, and they're not all fun. This was really fun. Yay! <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, I'm sorry we have to let Liz go, but that's the end of another amazing edition of the Shut Up Show. We will see you next week. Peace. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Shut Up Show. The Shut Up Show is sponsored by The Amazing Cells. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. Seriously, simple selling. Go check them out. Every Monday we deliver an inside edition of The Shut Up Show right to your inbox. Plus, as a bonus, get instant access to download a free copy of our 18-page ebook, The Solopreneur's Guide for Shutting Up and Making Shit Happen. Simply go to our website at theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and join other brave entrepreneurs who are shutting up and making shit happen. If you believe in The Shut Up Show and this platform has helped you shut up and make shit happen, please head on over to iTunes, search for The Shut Up Show in the podcast section and leave us an honest star rating and review. Your feedback will help us to gauge what we're doing well and where we need to continue to improve. The ratings and reviews help us to continue to bring on amazing sponsors like Cells so that we can deliver weekly episodes to you for free. So your feedback does matter. Thank you for helping us and supporting us.